0: This is the Well-Tempered Wireless on 90.9 FM. And one of the best things about fall, I mean, for anybody who's lamenting summer going away, first of all, summer's not gone. we still got a couple of weeks. Secondly, it also uh, is when all the great concert seasons begin. And today, I'm, I'm very pleased to have with us once again, the Executive Director of the Ann Arbor Symphony Orchestra, Mary Steffek-Blasky. Welcome back. Hey, Chris, Mary. it's
1: good to see you.
0: And I want to introduce our flutist from the previous break, the uh, music director of the Ann Arbor Symphony, uh, Arye Lipsky. Arye, you play the flute.
2: <laughs> yes, I sometimes play the flute. And, and I,
0: I understand <laughs> you you started playing the flute.
2: Yeah, I was six years old when I started playing the flute. And uh, cello is my my um, main instrument. And I started it a little later. And. In life, I you mean, know, when I was eleven or twelve.
0: <laughs> well, well, even even those of us who are not musicians, which is most of us, can tell that there's a bit of a difference between a flute and a cello. <laughs> I mean, how <laughs> how did you make that transition? What happened?
2: Well, um, somebody um, wanted me to start the flute. My my sister actually was the the real talent in our household. and She played the violin. And so when her it was time for her um, younger brother to play an instrument, um, uh, my parents uh, picked the flute, and that's I, how I started the flute. And then in the youth orchestra, they needed, um, at that time, um, all the cellists uh, graduate out of uh, high school, and they needed a new generation of cellists. So um, they came to my dad and say, how about if you son who plays Pretty good flute, can play cello as well. And and uh, my father said, uh, sure. Uh, nobody asked me, um, <laughs> but it took me about six months, and I just loved my new buddy, the cello. And we have been buddies ever since.
0: What? Well, it, it's it's physically a more substantial uh, instrument.
2: Absolutely, kid, yeah.
0: kids are so adaptable. <laughs> yes, you know, you go to some kid playing a flute. Hey, you want to play the oh, cello? Sure. Okay, give <laughs> that a try. Well. He, you do both so wonderfully, and you're in your now 17th season. Is that right? 18? 19,
1: 19, starting 19 seasons. Boy, yeah,
0: you, you don't look a day over 17. Uh, <laughs> wow. And, and the first question I want to ask, and I've looked over the season; it, it looks terrific. We'll get into specifics, but what were some of the pieces that you didn't put into the season? Because I know when you're when you're thinking about what to play, there's there's this. Pile of stuff that you're thinking about, depending on what you played last season and what you haven't played in a while. What If you had another concert, if I give you another concert <laughs> magically, what would you put into it that you weren't able to do?
2: Well, this season was pretty easy to put together because we are celebrating our 90th anniversary. So you had the magic number nine. And there are so many great nines around. Not many great 90s because not many people wrote yeah. 90s symphony but in november we'll play the 90th symphony by haydn who is one of the few who actually yeah. made it to 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 write uh, uh, actually 104 symphonies but uh, we're going to start the season with dvořák 9th and then we are going to in october to play mahler 9th and, That's it. and
0: that's a that's a bit of a uh, <laughs> yes. slog, isn't it? I mean, yes. it, fantastic.
2: And then in January we are going to to play um, Mozart uh, piano concerto number nine, and then we'll finish the season with Shostakovich ninth, and of course Beethoven ninth. Wow. So if you would ask me what another ninth I would do, maybe Schubert, maybe Bruckner. Wow. Uh, it's just...
0: <laughs> Maybe the Beatles. <laughs> that's right. Didn't they have something with number nine in it? <laughs> uh, wow. What, what else do you have? Uh, well, let's, we'll get to the opening program a bit later because that's coming up this Saturday. Uh, and you can find out information about the season at uh, a2so.com. Uh, and in addition to the main concerts that we're going to be talking about this afternoon... There are all kinds of other programs going on with uh, children's concerts and special concerts. Uh, they're a fine orchestra, as you probably know. Uh, but if we zip ahead to uh, October, October 27th, uh, Rachel Barton Pine is uh, will be coming to town
1: no, it's after, in, after
0: the Mahler 9th.
1: In, in, in November on the 10th, me. Rachel Barton Pine is coming. And it's a fun concert because it's going to have two movements, the Vivaldi Four Seasons and two movements of Piazzolla's Four Seasons. So it will be just fun and just, you can't hold still. You just want to move to those pieces. And she is actually going to be staying over the re- weekend to be playing in our Chamber Concert Series on Monday oh, to good. be playing with R.A. and Assistant concertmaster, Master uh, Catherine Vodapek, and uh, Cole Anderson on the piano doing some piano quartets. So we are so excited about Rachel coming to town.
0: And Rachel is so full of energy. She's really quite a, an amazing artist, um, and she and she has the, the she's still doing the the, the gothic. Uh, she
1: she can do that too. In fact, uh, we last band thing yesterday in in the office. Every one of us were playing different uh, YouTube excerpts of her playing everything from Black Sabbath to you know all everything <laughs> that she does. She's really a remarkable she's a, she's
0: artist. Fun. A great opportunity to hear her.
1: We're also going to feature a brand new composition, that one of them early in the season, uh, this Saturday with Bill Bolcom that we're going to talk about. But then in the November concert with Rachel Barton Pine, we're also going to be doing a new piece by Jessica Hunt called The Eagle Tree that was composed just for us. So that'll be fun to have that premiere as well. Is
0: that a world premiere? It's a world Uh, premiere.
2: Yes, we we have this... uh, Collaboration with the um, composition department of U of M, and we feature a uh, doctorate student usually um, every season uh, with a fresh new piece that is written just for us. So we're really excited about that.
0: I, I, I like the. I don't know if this is a trend or not, but I'm noticing in, in your organization and in a couple of others uh, a, a tendency now to incorporate new music into the programs not to the exclusion of the war horses and our old friends but along with as a compliment and I think that's a great thing for music I think it has to happen yeah
2: it has to happen and um, uh, we have such a wonderful pool of talent um, yeah. uh, in uh, amongst us so I'm really looking forward to to work with uh, Jessica on this piece
0: in uh, January oh Mozart you guys like Mozart. It's another Mozart birthday bash.
1: It's another Mozart birthday bash, this time in Hill Auditorium. So those of you who want to make sure that you are getting your special Mozart birthday chocolate that you have usually gotten at the Michigan Theater, yes, they will be there still at Hill Auditorium.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a relief. We
1: are so excited because we're going to have Alan Goldstein back again to play the ninth play. Uh, Piano concerto, he's so much fun to play with, and uh, just a real community giver. He's he's staying over the weekend, and he'll also be playing the chamber concert series on Monday as well. And are you telling about the Requiem? This this is a the biggie for January.
2: Yes. Um, in addition to the uh, ninth uh, uh, piano concerto by Mozart, which by many is considered to be his first masterpiece. Mm. Um, uh, everything, uh, after that is obvious masterpieces. But I think, uh, the young, um, Mozart at that age, um, which is age 16, uh, really <laughs> f- we found to be the real, real genius. Um, and we'll do the Requiem, uh, with, uh, some wonderful, uh, forces, um, we have some uh, um, soloists uh, from uh, who teach at the university, uh, Luis Toppin, uh, Sedona Libero, Charles Reed, Daniel Washington, and uh, uh, local groups um, singing with us, uh, choirs, uh, Measure for Measure, Livingston County Women's Chorus, and the Euron Pioneer and Skyline High School a cappella choirs. So it's going to be a... a Phil Auditorium is going to be uh, completely full with yeah. music and it, Mozart. It's
0: such a fantastic piece. It just gives you goosebumps thinking about it. Yes. Uh, my guest this afternoon, are Mary Stefan Blasky, the executive director of the Ann Arbor Symphony and the orchestra's music director, Arie Lipsky. And we're talking about the new season, which kicks off this Saturday. Um, but before we get to that, concert. A couple more just to mention here. If you go to a2so.com, you can get information on all of these concerts. You can buy your tickets. You can make your plans. And you can see a picture, believe it or not, of Timothy Michling in a kilt, which is something I never thought I'd live to see. But there it is. And there's a good reason for that.
1: We are featuring two of our stellar players from our orchestra in the March uh, 9th concert called Scottish Fantasy. And uh, Tim Mishling, our principal oboist, is going to be indeed wearing his kilt. Uh, in fact, I'm telling anyone who wants to come to the concert wearing kilts, I will get a picture of all of you on stage. So, <laughs> so I'm hoping you'll go to our website and let, let me know because we will make that happen. And you'll get a picture of everybody there. Wearing kilts with you? Wow, wow,
0: that's a that's a that's stunning.
2: And 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 there is a challenge from one of the board members um, to see whether I will be conducting the Scottish Symphony that evening with a kilt. I haven't decided yet, but we'll see what happens.
0: Oof, boy, <laughs> what he did for art! <laughs> I, uh, wow,
1: I can't tell you people out in the audience, you've just made Chris speechless. <laughs>
0: Which well, uh, is rare. Right? It's rare. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And, and, and Aria seems to be blushing, but I, that would be that would be worth the price of the ticket. And the other
1: part that's worth the price of the ticket in the March concert is to hear Aaron Borofsky, our concertmaster, because he mm-hmm. just plays so elegantly. And he's going to be playing the Scottish Fantasy uh, by Bruch, and it is it's just it makes me excited thinking about it because he's just so perfect for playing this piece. Yeah. His his style his his violin it it's going to be an exciting time for us. It's great to
0: give your principals a chance to shine, you know, because they, they sit there and, and they play so well for you in the uh, in in the orchestral pieces, and it's nice to just let him uh, let loose. Once yeah,
2: you know, and and how it happened, uh, we we were just uh, rehearsing w- one day and in one of the breaks I heard from the other room somebody playing the bagpipes. <laughs> Fantastic. And I I I yeah. went just to see who it is and here is Tim practicing for a gig that he had the next day. And and I said, "Tim, I mean, this is amazing. I, I didn't know that you so, well, not only the oboe, but the bagpipes. And and so, as we talked further, we decided to to um, do this Scottish night program, which includes, obviously, the Mendelssohn the Scottish Symphony, the Bruch Scottish Fantasy, and this piece by Maxfield Davis, which is called An Orkney Wedding with Sunrise. And in the second half of this piece a bagpiper comes from the hall and just stands on on on, on stage and Walks plays through with the, the audience
1: orchestra. to the front of the stage yeah, so. yeah we,
2: we shouldn't tell anybody oh it'd be a surprise <laughs> well, that,
1: would, spoiler that, alert.
0: <laughs> that would certainly get, that's one of the few pieces with bagpipes we play on the station we've
2: oh really uh-huh. it's,
0: a, it's a, you should go see it <laughs> absolutely dear ladies and gentlemen go go see uh, your Ann Arbor Symphony Orchestra and bagpipes uh, and then we've already touched on this but in april uh, we wrap you wrap up your ninths with some with some really good ones
2: yes we are going to um uh, finish the season with the one and only most famous ninths, the beethoven ninth but we're going to start the concert with um with shostakovich ninth um and, and the story behind it is quite interesting because when Shostakovich was ready to present his ninth, everybody was expecting a Beethoven-like ninth. And what they heard that evening was a, if you will, a, an anti-ninth. It was just so light. And so mm-hmm. uh, um, a chamber, uh, almost like chamber music, it sounded more like a Haydn Symphony rather than a Beethoven, and um, and that was um, Shostakovich's way to say, well, I'm a little different, and maybe I'm sending a different message. Um, and, and and I think the pairing of these two, and actually there is a quote in Shostakovich Ninth, there is a quote of Beethoven Ninth, very very um, interesting in the fourth movement. Um, so I think it's a fascinating pairing.
0: And I, he must have been different because he, he's one of those composers who wrote a ninth symphony and didn't die.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: you know
1: that, <laughs> He was happy about that too.
0: <laughs> I bet he was. I, otherwise he wouldn't have had his 10th, 11th, 12th, and so on. Uh, and of course the Beethoven ninth is, uh, I mean people who don't know anything, any symphonies know the ninth. And uh, what, what, what a thrilling experience it is to hear it whenever you can.
1: We are excited. We're going to be working with the Choral Union uh, the, to to sing along with us in the chorus. And then Jacqueline Eccles, who started last season with us, that wonderful soprano who lives here in Detroit, is going to be singing. Stephen West, Frida Herseth and Scott Piper.
0: Hmm. And that's on uh, April 27th. But by the way, I should mention, all of the concerts we've been talking about will be broadcast here on WRCJ, not live, but about a, uh, usually about a week after the actual concert. So you can go to the concert, have that live experience, and then relive it here on the radio. And we're, we're very pleased to be able to do that.
1: And we are very pleased that you're able to, to do that, and our listeners get a chance to hear it either again or for the first time. Yeah. I know for me it's always exciting to hear it live at the concert hall. But there's something kind of special about sitting in your own living room with a glass of wine as you're listening to it again and thinking, oh, wow, that was beautiful that time, too. So I I highly recommend the radio broadcasts.
0: And if you want to listen to Beethoven's Ninth Wearing a Kilt, we won't stop you. (laughs) Uh, This Saturday (laughs) is the concert we've been waiting to talk about, Uh, 8 o'clock, Hill Auditorium, the opening night of the, the new Ann Arbor Symphonies concert. And uh, you've got one of your own. I like to say one of our own, but William Balcombe is a professor emeritus, is he not, at the uh, University of Michigan? Um, a prolific composer. And he wrote something for you guys.
2: Yes, what? we we wanted to open the season with something that was... Uh, written for us. It was commissioned uh, for the Ann Arbor Symphony and um, Bill has been a friend of the orchestra for so many years. We performed so many pieces uh, by him and so it was so natural to to ask Bill to write something for us and and he wrote this (laughs) wonderful piece which actually nobody heard yet but I have the score right in front of me and and Uh tomorrow night we'll rehearse it first time. It's called an Arbor Saturday and what it is, it is a tone poem and which really describes what happens in An Arbor every couple of weeks in the fall. And that's a game.
1: A home football game. A home football <laughs> game.
2: Yeah. And um, here are a couple of quotes a uh, Bill um, um, wrote about the piece. First, We feel the calm of the empty city. Then the cars snake into the city from all directions. Um, Listen in the orchestra for the hints of college songs from warriors who have contended at the temple for many years, starting with tunes from home. The rumbling grows as the long lines of cars come close to the game. Then a game in progress between the home team and its bitterest rival. Our team's fight song is in upper counterpoint to the rivals and will stay there until the rival intercepts and then tunes are reversed. After a fast and furious ball carry, the rival scores a touchdown. So. <laughs> it's
0: going to be great, Bill. <laughs> Uh, William Balcom has got a great sense of humor and in addition to being uh, a superb composer while well, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner he's among Pulitzer others Pulitzer Prize winning yes. person, composer and Coincidentally I did some checking that concert is the only one that occurs on a day where you've got a home game from the Wolverines uh, they're playing Southern Methodist that day
1: It's, so. it's a late game and we welcome all the people who are coming from the game to come in their game clothes, in their tribal regalia, and come right directly to the concert.
0: In their tribal regalia, <laughs> including kilts. <laughs> we can
2: have you play some of that on the flute, maybe. You know? Well, uh, would you like to hear some of the tunes that you'll I, be hearing? Yes, this piece? yes. And I'm let's sure. see if you can recognize it. Oh, that, okay. I'm I, not a chance. Uh, the first one is... Um, That is, I, what is that, Chris? Uh,
0: it sounds like a commercial. Uh, I
1: want to go back to Michigan, to Dear Ann Arbor town. Oh, I see.
0: <laughs> see, I'm a Detroit guy, and <laughs> I, I, I'm not against Michigan, but I don't have it. I don't bleed blue like like some folks.
1: Well, but, I'll make up for that for you, and and all yeah, other listeners who will say, "I know that tune."
0: Of course they will, and 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 they're and they're throwing things at the radio because I don't look. I'm sorry, but I could I could sing for you on Saint Florian if you if you want. But
2: anyway. <laughs>
1: How about this one? How about
0: this one? Let's okay, see. Okay, yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> and
2: that, maybe I should put my cap on that. <laughs> Very nice. That's hail to Victor, isn't <laughs> it? That's
1: right, that's <laughs> yes. right. And, and for those of you in the listening audience, who who don't have the visual here? Aries wearing his Block M Michigan hat as he's playing.
0: Well, and and his May's uh, polo his shirt. May shirt. Very very loyal, <laughs> sir. Fantastic,
2: <laughs> and you might hear even Ohio State. <gasps> Oh, (laughs) and Illinois and some other wonderful tunes. There (laughs) are a
1: number of quotes here, so I want our audience to be on their toes because some of them are kind of obvious and some of them are built underneath in counterpoint and some of them, uh, well, stay tuned on Saturday, but it's the world premiere.
0: I bet you get some booze when The Ohio State think we'll, we'll
2: see, we'll see. Uh, but it is very clear in the music who is the winner <laughs> in the end.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah, very clear. There you go. That's eight o'clock this coming Saturday, Hill Auditorium. Uh, and also uh, Antonin Dvorak's Ninth Symphony it used to be the Fifth Symphony, but we, we've talked about that before. They had to renumber everything. Um And it's one of those pieces he wrote while he was here in the United States.
2: Yes. In 1892, um, Antonin Dvořák became the the director of the American Conservatory of Music in New York City. Um, And at that point, he was uh, quite a famous composer all over Europe, um, writing his 6th, 7th, and 8th symphony. And... um, while he was in New York for three years, he traveled a lot and was so moved by um, American music. He used to go to to churches, uh, 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 African American churches, uh, and then heard some some uh, Native American um, uh, music. And uh, as an homage to the New World, to America, he wrote this symphony, and this beca- overnight uh, became one of the most um, played the most beloved symphonies of all time, and um, we have a special component to be to be uh, shown throughout the symphony. And Mary, can you tell us? This a little little bit about This is going to that? be
1: a really memorable addition. Uh, Adrian Wired, who has been with the symphony before to do this, has done some video choreography to each of the movements to. From the new world, mm. and it's uh, landscapes. It's uh, it's uh, weather. It's it's moving, and it's done with the music. So he's he's essentially like another member of the orchestra playing the video. So it will be perfectly timed to to what Ariyeh is directing. But it's so emotionally moving watching these these weather patterns, and probably even going to be more. Uh, important for us as we're watching the hurricane coming into our friends in the Carolinas. But to see this weather-related uh, landscapes, the grandeur of it, going with this piece, I think that Vorjak would just be happy to see all this. It's going to make a difference, I think, for each one of us who will hear this piece again. will see what we, in our imaginations, we will see that video playing.
0: That's Hill Auditorium this Saturday at 8 o'clock. Arie Lipsky leading the Ann Arbor Symphony Orchestra starting off another grand season. I have one more question for you regarding the Dvorak. After he wrote that symphony and after the comments uh, and analysis about the American themes that he incorporated, there were some some critics and, and musicologists who said, oh, no, 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 that's not... American. He wouldn't use African American themes. They're actually Czech. They're Czech, uh, almost as if to, um, uh, what shall I say, to to demean um, our own native music. Would it, do you think they're Czech, or do you think do you think they're American?
2: Well, that's a very very good question. Um, I don't think that Dvořák, uh used any original. American tunes in this piece but there is a definite American spirit in it mm-hmm. look he was a Czech in his core and so there are even you know in uh, the the trio of the Scherzo is uh, really sounds a bit like like a Slavonic dance but when you take for instance the opening of the last movement this this a jazzy feel, and then you jump to Gershwin to his piano concerto, exactly the same opening. So we're just wondering if Gershwin thought, huh, that sounds so American, so jazzy to me, I might use the same theme. So there is an American spirit throughout the, the symphony. And talking about Gershwin, we i would like to mention the soloist for the concert a wonderful pianist Aaron Deal who is going to join us and he happens to be also a jazz pianist so to have somebody playing Gershwin Rhapsody in Blue in with a jazz kind of a feel that's going to be quite exciting He's i'm really to be looking forward
1: that to and the I got rhythm variations, and I understand there are going to be some improvisations in here.
2: Yes. <laughs> wow.
0: Well, it's an exciting evening, guaranteed. AriA Lipsky and the Ann Arbor Symphony Orchestra. Aryeh, we thank you for stopping by. Mary Steffek-Blasky, you're always welcome.
1: Thank you.
2: Thank you so and- much.